All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show. A men's interview, interest, and improvement focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. Today's guests are Neuro founders Kent Yoshimura and Ryan Jen. Neuro is an elite company that produces products you can take anywhere, anytime to refresh your state of mind and do more by simply popping their gums and mints. Their products can be taken on nearly any kind of diet and containing a document blend of vitamins designed to energise the brain and body. They allow you to get energised and focused without packing in dangerous chemicals, packing in the sugar and especially avoiding that annoying energy crash afterwards. Both elite athletes, Kent and Ryan, were inspired to create their first original gum when Ryan was involved in a snowboarding accident that left them paraplegic. In their search for a product that would keep their energy high as well as their focus, they realised there wasn't anything on the market that would help them to accomplish it in a more in a healthy and effective way. And thus, Neuro was born. And in this interview, we discuss how they built the brand, product creation, how to maintain friendships, especially during difficult times, building a community, and what it's like to take a startup from product to lifestyle brand. This is a great interview for anyone who has a dream of starting their own business, is letting fear hold them back from chasing a dream, or thinks they're not good enough to succeed. Now before we get to the interview, I just wanted to say this was recorded a while ago. It was recorded using another mic and unfortunately it let me down in bits of this. It didn't record as well as it should have. I've tried in the edit to go back and resolve these issues, but there are some parts that are a wee bit dodgy on the audio quality. I hope that doesn't um, annoy you too much or take away from the enjoyment of listening to it. Kent and Ryan give some awesome advice. It's more a case of my mic playing up, so hopefully it doesn't annoy you too much. It's probably just the first five to ten minutes, but it's Kent and Ryan you came for. Let's get to them. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. It's an amazing product you guys have come out. You're now major stars after your uh, TV debut over in Shark Tank. But for people who maybe don't know the names and have never heard of Neuro, can you just go into a little bit about who you are and why you're going to become superstar businessmen soon? Neuro basically is... What we're trying to do is basically change the way people look at health, ideally. So instead of taking supplements that sit in your medicine cabinet and you, you have to remember to take them every day, what if you could just have health in your pocket all the time in the form of gum and mints? And what about yourself, Ryan? How would you describe what Neuro is? Yeah, my, well, my, my version of Neuro or my... So the way I would describe Neuro and the, the company that Kent and I have trying to, are, are building is functional gum and mints. So... It all started with NeuroGum, and what we were looking for was a better alternative to getting energy. So when Kent and I met in college, all that was kind of really out there was like coffee or energy drinks in the world. And, um, you know, at the time, like we wanted a healthier alternative. So we're taking 
just pure forms of energy in the, in the form of like caffeine, L-theanine, and B vitamins. And uh, we wanted to package that in a, in a more accessible, approachable manner. So something as shareable and approachable like gum. Cool. Well, I've been a big fan of cognitive enhancers, you know, and it's it's definitely become a lot more mainstream now with the sort of the human, the, I suppose you could call it the human guinea pig kind of like, you know, like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and these kind of people who talk about supplements and working the brain. And I've interviewed Aubrey Marcus, who currently develops certain things through, yeah, through on it. I mean, was that something, do you think it was your sporting backgrounds that led you to creating something like this? Was it to scratch your own itch or did you see the market initially for this and it was a bonus that was going to help you both? (laughs) Well, so like the the whole thing with nootropics, it all started because of nootropics and experimentation and like using ourselves as guinea pigs. So, you know, during... During school, Ryan and I met in college. Um, I was training pretty seriously in martial arts, and uh, the supplements that were available in the marketplace during that time were like Red Bull, um, <laughs> Adderall, uh, or coffee. Like it, it didn't. It was like the era of like C four pre workout. You know, it, it was crazy, wild west, and none of those things really struck my fancy, at least, and. Um, I didn't feel like it was improving my performance. So, you know, I just like dug in, started doing research, buying supplements on my own, uh, joining forums and seeing what other people were doing, reading up on Tim Ferriss and uh, the early, I guess, um, nootropics influencers. And uh, yeah, like the supplements that were getting mixed in my room were essentially B0 of Nero. I heard it was a, like a scene from Scarface, um, you know, a lot of white powder lying around. That that was my perception of it. So yeah, like, well, just to give you a little bit of background, like Kent and I met in college. Kent was studying neuroscience at the time. I was doing chemistry and economics. And I think we were always fascinated about balance and performance. And at the time, Kent was also tra- training heavily with uh, the Olympic judo team out in Japan, uh, training MMA, fighting Muay Thai in Thailand. And I had come off of a pretty serious career in, in cross-country and track. And we were just kind of always looking at how do we optimize like our, our minds and our bodies? And how do we find that balance? And, and Kent was really, really diving deep into like the Reddit nootropic forums, finding like what people were, were taking themselves and, and what was working for them. And like, like Kent was saying, it was like version zero of Neurogum was like kind of starting in his room blending all these different supplements that all look like white powders like a, a scene from scarface is is probably the most accurate description but um you know figuring out what worked for you and and when you're saying like how we started the business it was it was really kind of long before that in college when ken and i met in like 20, 2007 it was it was about like what worked for us and um it, it wasn't until years later until like 2013 when we realized that you know there, this this product can be pretty universal if if people want something more accessible, more approachable. Why can't we just change the format in which supplements are taken? Because I loved your idea that, you know, it looks a bit strange to be popping pills, you know, because I've done powerlifting where people give you the bit of a strange look if you're taking the creatine, the fish oil, you know, your rattling pill boxes, you're coming back and forth. And I love the the way that you implement the shareability of gum, you know, the social sort of construct of that. And it, it's also, it helps share your breath 
So why do you think men struggle with their energy? What was it that you'd noticed that causes, you know, what factors increase and improve energy that you found? And why didn't like the Red Bulls and things like that, that, you know, the sugar-laced drinks, why do you think they didn't work as well? So what made you then decide to go for another sort of, you know, another way of getting the absorption but without that sort of afternoon crash? I mean, a lot of those supplements or even Red Bull, like you said, are filled with sugar and the ingredients are not necessarily desirable. So um, when you're training, you know, I, I was probably training like four to six hours a day. And then like, on the, I, I felt much more in tune with my body then. So the micro factors of taking any of these supplements would have what felt at that time a profound effect, whether it was psychological or physiological. And you know, like with, there's an aspect of nootropics, which is great. In my opinion, the, the element of research and you trying to figure yourself out and you trying to figure out, um, factors that do improve at, with benchmarks that you've placed on yourself. Like those are all things that tie in with not just the supplements themselves, but a mentality on how to become, uh, how to keep improving yourself. So, you know, when all those things come into play, and the community that you're involved with also reinforces that mentality. I think patching it into a lifestyle product like a uh, NeuroGum or NeuroMints just makes perfect sense. Like it, it's like creating a lifestyle product that fits in your pocket that you can take with you whenever you want to improve your energy levels or to calm and uh, provide clarity to your mind um, while also promoting a lifestyle for active people, for people that want to accomplish more. Can you explain what the neuro is? What does the name actually stand for? So, uh, I think again, like with our backgrounds in neuroscience and chemistry, neuro was always about how do you enhance your state of mind more so than uh, how do you take a product that like gets you jacked up like a Red Bull. So, because if everything's, you know, like with what we were saying earlier on the mentality that comes with uh, researching and developing your own products and uh, setting benchmarks for yourself that you constantly try to improve on. Those are factors that can be controlled with the mind and putting yourself in the right place mentally within the brain uh, can push you further than simply a product itself. And, you know, ideally, uh, and what we're trying to go for is harnessing that into our products. That's the name. Perfect. So could you go into a little bit about how would you reverse engineer a product like this? Because you know the the thing that you want to fix, which is the energy level. So how then do you start working back looking at the ingredients, you know, the compounds and the sort of the percentages, etc., and the sort of concoctions that you need to then to increase that level, but also, like you said earlier, to avoid the sugar, you know, the sugar crashes and avoid all the sort of the actual extra ingredients, a lot of these sort of sports drinks and things like that, you know, because they pile on the pound. So how then do you work back from your current goal to what you need from that product and then start creating your various supplements? Yeah, I th for us, our biggest challenge was just 
the sheer volume. So with, with beverages and shots and, and pills, you can, you can kind of stuff as much in it and, and mask a lot of the flavor with a ton of sugar or, you know, just water, liquid, et cetera. But for us with gum and mints, it's, it's like 1.7 grams. So we, we don't have much to work with, especially when we have active ingredients that make up a substantial portion of, of the total volume. So I guess working backwards, it was always about creating a product that one had to work um, and two, what was the flavor and taste? So if, if our goal was to make like a really good tasting gum or mint, uh, we wouldn't have been in the, the functional gum and mint space. So obviously we had to like experiment. We, we, there was a ton of research on like what, what ingredients and what milligrams and what dosage really worked. So we knew what we, what we had to put in. And then from there, it was working backwards and trying to get the flavor right, improving the taste profile working with uh, chemists, like flavor chemists to get the, the gum chew profile better. So the gum would last longer. Um, it, it was, it was a long process. And, and that from the time that we even launched in 2015 on Indiegogo, it was about a year and a half to figure out the, the right formulation and, and getting the chemistry right. I mean, because that's going to be the next question was about Indiegogo was, you, you know, you use social media to create a sort of like a drive and a fan base and a community for your project. And something I get a lot out of is people saying, no, I could never do that. I could never go and play competitively or, you know, do X, Y, Z. And a lot of guys kind of go to their deathbeds with regrets. And it's really sad. And that's why I was super proud to sort of find out about your story. Because you guys decided that you had a, an idea, but you overcame that fear, you know, you went through it and you built this little empire for yourselves, which is getting bigger and bigger by the day. But what do you think holds guys, well, everybody back from chasing their dream, for creating a business, for giving the go for what they want in life? I, I, I can go first. I, I would say the, the one word that kind of sticks to my head would be fear and for us, so for me at least, it was like, uh, you know, fear of failure or fear of not trying. But I think the fear, I would say the fear of not trying was outweighed the fear of not doing it at all. And so Kent and I went in, into the business saying like, hey, you know, we're like best friends. We're like brothers. Um, you know, whatever happens in business, that's going to be separate from our friendship. And I know that there's been horror stories before where, you know, friends, you know, try going into business together and that doesn't work out. But for us, it was just it, like we had this idea. We knew that it, it was a solid idea. You know, we bounced it around and, and, and we just didn't give up. And it was the fear of not um, not trying that that really kind of got us going. What about you, Kent? Did you have any sort of fear and anxiety about going into business, about sort of pursuing a passion of yours? Um, yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think fear and anxiety is like... Uh, an innate part of all humans that's for sure and the the biggest mind block when it comes to doing anything um and you know to echo ryan's point i think there's a mentality in business where you pursue money for and 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 that's all you pursue and that's uh the end goal to why you're starting anything and the reality is like yes that was that's obviously a goal because ryan and i have neuro as a business but there's another side of it which is like okay but we have to maintain we maintain our integrity on certain things you know like we'll whether it's like the ingredients we use or like the type of people we try to tell to or the type of like marketing taxes tactics we do like in no way are we ever going to compromise 
any of our, um, again, integrity or, uh, I guess, bare mental stress that's unnecessary uh, to make this into a thing. What we do have is a great product and we have um, a great community that backs it. And all these things contribute in very healthy ways to uh, helping the business grow in the way that it has versus uh, pursuing it in whether it's sleazy ways or whatever it may be. So, Because there's definitely some very dodgy business decisions about, from other companies yeah. in there. And that's what I loved about your branding, your marketing. It was all so pure, wholesome, especially, and you genuinely seem to care about your audience. Yeah, especially in the supplement space too. And that's something that we were like very cognizant about. Right. I, I, I think another thing about the supplement industry that we're trying to unveil and make more transparent is we're, we're just being very transparent, like what's in the gum. So no like hidden proprietary blends or anything like that. We're just like, this is exactly what you're going to get, like in every piece of gum or mint. And, you know, the feedback over the last five years has been amazing where, you know, we get, you know, customers who are like 89 years old and, and they consume our product. And, and they say that I love it because I know exactly what I'm going to get. Um, I know I'm going to get 40 milligrams of caffeine every piece. And that caffeine is sourced from natural, natural caffeine sources. And, and so that, that's always like that kind of going back to Ken's point was um, having the integrity and, and building a brand that was very transparent, um, which sometimes is not always the case with supplement industries or su supplement companies in general. It's it's certainly very true. I mean, and especially for people who are maybe not aware of like the science or the sort of you know the understanding of the ingredients and what they provide or what a certain amount of it can do to a body or the recommended daily allowance, etc. So, how did you find the scientific support? And you know, the journal papers. Did you do double bind testing and things like that? What was your kind of way of getting into you know an industry where there is such a big monopoly by these big companies how did you get the sort of initial support to prove what an amazing benefits your product has man like early on the the majority of our support on indiegogo thankfully came from the initial as part of it at least came from uh the new new tropics community that we were already a part of so like you know, making the post on Reddit and uh, a community that I was commenting on every single day, all those people have the same mindset of like, okay, there's a certain amount of research that you have to do with any of these supplements to see how they affect your body. Those people were the early adopters, which helped us set a foundation for how we move forward as a company. And then on like a secondary level, the partnerships that we did end up making, whether it's with our manufacturers, which is like a small, you know, private manufacturer that <laughs> isn't owned by like a major corporation like Wrigley, um, or partnering with our suppliers who, funny enough, they, they also supply for Onnit and a lot of companies, but they're the largest independent nutraceutical uh, manufacturer in the United States. And like, having that foundation of partnerships of people that already know how to build credible uh, backing in the, in the products that they do create helped us kind of structure our business in a, in, in a way that's not just, you know, mixing supplements like Scarface in a, in a bedroom. <laughs> 
So what was the product creation sort of timeline like? You know, were there like many revisions and many kind of failed attempts at this? You know, for somebody who's thinking, you know, I've got an idea, but I would like to do this. You know, these guys are a real inspiration, but how long would it have taken you to get it to market? How long did it get, you know, to get the kind of the first batch, but also to source the, the initial funding for the research and development for the creation? You know, are we talking years here or is this a kind of build a little at a time and just keep expanding and evolving? Yeah, well, for us, it was it was kind of a long haul where, you know, Kent and I had graduated from college and, we, you know, we both had full time jobs. I was, I was working for an Internet streaming tech company. Kent was working in the music industry and uh, was a mirrorless for the city of L.A. And so we had full time jobs and, and it wasn't it wasn't where we had, you know, a lot of capital or, or you know investors or anything like that we we kind of didn't even know what the venture capital world was or what it entailed so you know we we're just trying to save up money where we could to to start doing like you know five thousand dollar r&d batch to you know do this idea and when we got our first like batch um it, you know came in ziploc bags and there was like version a version b version c and it was like different sweeteners different like ratios of the caffeine the b vitamins the l-theanine um, and we would sample it around. I sampled it to my, my team at Hulu um, here in like Santa Monica and, and get like very honest feedback from some and uh, very kind of like polite feedback from, you know, others were like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Or, you know, <laughs> and, and really honest, the product tasted really bad. You know, it was yeah. it was so hard to to get it right on the first try. And, and I would say that, you know, most most times you, you never get it right on the first time. And, and it took, it took a long time. Like I said earlier, um, from the time we started the company to finding the manufacturer and getting the first like product out on Indiegogo, it was like a year and a half. And that was just like slowly, but surely like saving up some, um, some savings from our full-time jobs to do, to be able to do that. And, um, you know, while other companies and other founders might, you know, jump in feet first and, you know, raise some capital from, you know, friends and family, um, you know, we try to do it a little bit slower and, uh, that was just like our, our path, you know, it, it could have gone either way. We could have probably expedited the process if we had investors and, you know, we had a hard deadline that we had to launch by this point, but, you know, we launched when we, we felt it was ready and we were kind of running out of our, our personal savings to find more, you know, to, to fund more R and D samples. And, you know, we got to the point where we had a, a batch that, you know, a, a formulation batch that was, it was good enough in terms of flavor, but it worked and people felt that, you know, um, focus that a little bit of energy. And, you know, that's when we decided to launch that Indiegogo campaign. And that's when Kent and, and Tyler, who is, you know, our first employee, who is like monumental in getting this company started, uh, you know, reaching out to writers from, you know, Time Magazine, uh, getting, you know, approached by the producer from Dr. Oz. It was, it was kind of like, mailing out uh emailing out uh cold to a bunch of writers and i think ken could speak to that um a lot more in depth yeah i mean i i think it's like you know you have to kind of make do with what you have and uh a lot of it is like all right we don't have the capital because we didn't fundraise that shit. we didn't even know what fundraising was so it's like we have the money that we saved up what we can do is try to email as many writers as we possibly can, as many journalists as we possibly can, and see what they think about it. Uh, what we can do is try to design our first packaging based on pre-existing, like gum packages in photos. Yeah. Without like hiring a. Designer. Yeah, we, we. 
we found guidelines on Google of like other gum boxes and we basically modeled it after that and Kent, uh, you know, Kent designed it. And, and we had, that was our first, you know, design packaging, which is, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> like all the stuff, it was like, all right, how do we uh, like Frankenstein stuff together at first? And, you know, it's, I'm a, I'm a fond believer in uh, learning by doing. So, you know, over these past uh, four and a half, five years, like that's, exactly what i think happened um you know we we learned by doing the first stages of fulfillment even like you know shipping a product out of my apartment um like ryan coming over and packaging boxes on the weekends and like uh designing the, the website ourselves like getting uh like emailing journalists and like going out and fundraising finally and like all these things are just like to go into a business expecting it will make money instantly and it's gonna everything's gonna work perfectly is like expecting life to just work out perfectly the way you imagine it to work out. Like <laughs> every single day, there's something new that pops up. But at the same time, those new things that pop up are 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 learning experiences, and those experiences ultimately, you know, we're very grateful for. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we're super grateful. And I think it was, it, it didn't obviously happen overnight. And I think the way that we did fundraise the company and grow slowly and kind of organically was that we learned by doing. So, you know, there's always ways where you can save money and there's definitely times where you got, you have to spend money. So, you know, we invested in, in R&D and that was like our, our main goal was to make the product better and better. So, you know, we couldn't cut corners when it came to R&D, but we could definitely cut corners when it came to fulfillment and shipping out product when instead of having a professional fulfillment house with, you know, warehouse people that are going to ship this out, you know, in a proper fulfillment center, we, you know, it was all the product, which was 4,000 pounds of gum when we first ordered our minimum order quantity, you know, 4,000 pounds of gum just sitting at Ken's apartment and us packaging boxes, us buying tape and, you know, you know, writing handwritten cards and, and taping everything, going to the post office, you know, once or twice a day, depending on how many orders came through. And those are the places where you might be able to cut costs. Um, but you have to determine, I think, early on what the priorities are and, and where you get you can save money, but also where you have to make the right investments. And for us, it was R&D. Because that's what I love about your story is, you know, the there's all, all these kind of little things came up, but you just kept going. You built up the resilience, the mental toughness. You found the solutions to what you needed. You know, you went past all the kind of usual BS excuses that most guys would have to go and create their own product was you went and found the people you needed. You went and found out how to cold email, like, you know, busy influencers and get in front of them and promote your products. You found about R&D, you Googled to find what you need. Was that how you basically found the resources you need? The You just Googled it? You know, is that the kind of sources or were there particular methods that you used to sort of source the expertise that you needed in various ways at all? Oh, I mean, Google Google is like your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Google really is your best friend. I mean, you could find so much information. I mean, I mean Googling the gum box dye lines was how we got our packaging. Or, you know, uh, figuring out, like, Kent and Tyler did an amazing job figuring out how to reach these writers. And it was, like, literally searching, you know, writers that would write, you know, have already written um, about a story that, you know, might fall in line with yours. And then just emailing that writer. Because oftentimes, 
that writer is going to have their email address at the end of the article. So just like kind of being creative and, and kind of rolling up your sleeves and um, just searching and, and doing it. I think there's like no easy answer in that sense. There's also a bunch of forums out there, you know, like Reddit is an amazing community to learn a lot of things. Um, yeah. our, our entrepreneur, I think Kent was like always sending me articles about, you know, entrepreneurs writing their experiences and, and giving it little insights on what worked for them. And uh, it, yeah, <laughs> like the doing part is definitely like, I think, yeah, ultimately like you could read a bunch of stuff on these forums also though. And then it's like, it's, it's how you end up doing it. You know, it's going to be specific to your business. There's no right answer. So <laughs> it's like, even with Google and forums, it's always a starting point, but then doing it, iterating. And again, that process of just like, okay, learning by doing, and cause it's going to have to be molded to you. Um, so how then do you take, you know, you've got that 4,000 pounds, uh, 4,000 um, pounds of the, the gaps in your in your accommodation, you know, your I think you said in another interview you use skateboards to help push it in, you know, that and there was like no fulfillment center and stuff like that, you know. And you took this amazing chance and it's expanded amazingly for you. But how do you market this product? Like how do you get in front of the these massive competitors? Because I couldn't find any negative sort of comments about your product or yourselves all i could find was maybe a bit too much you know packaging was used initially and then you rebranded it to you know to cut down on the amount of plastic you used but how how have you managed to get in such a crowded you know market where i think it was something like 32 billion pounds worth of soft of, um, energy drinks for example was sold how are you creating such a well-known and respected product against such giants like these companies I mean, I think a lot of it is like Ryan and I do try to be be a part of a lot of these processes. You know, like we're not hiding behind the the veil of marketing or or anything. We're very honest about the ingredients we use. We're very honest about you know what we say on these podcasts as well. Um, and uh, like we we're saying, like very early on in uh, in this interview, like the supplement industry is full of lies and we definitely do not since the very beginning we we want to keep that at like keep the flaws of the supplement industry in the back of our heads so we don't make those mistakes and on top of that you know i think uh the fact that the the company launched on the back of like a in many ways like a reddit ama when on our new tropics with people asking us questions, uh, you know, us reading customer feedback um, one by one because the customer service line was attached to my phone, phone number, um, or like we were getting all the emails to ourselves. And yeah, we still get customer service. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Kent those- gets a lot more than I do, but Kent definitely gets phone calls to his personal cell like quite oh often. God. I got like PTSD. <laughs> 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 I am not surprised. Just running a small podcast like myself, and it's just shocking. Have you ever reached inbox zero for a while? <laughs> it's just yeah. it's, it's, like, oh my it's God. crazy. It's crazy too because you know we have customers. I mean, the the when we started it was on e-commerce, so we we're you know shipping product not just in the West Coast but East Coast, and you know at the time like we were sending you know one-off requests to people in the UK or Germany. 
And, you know, we get phone calls like at all times of the day. So it was pretty un- unpredictable. I-, I think, yeah, Kent got the-, the grunt of that one for sure in terms of getting calls literally at all times, all times of the day. So when you had these boxes in your, you know, in your flat and you were getting ready and you were coming over and helping each other pack and, you know, you were getting through that initial kind of, you know, the, the money was going away as you were spending on research and development and, you know, you're really sort of pushing the boat out and you're finding, you know, kind of like try finding the information you need. Did you have any issues with friends and family? Because a big thing is a lot of times they mean the best for us, but they will sometimes try to sort of cut your dream away, you know, because they don't want to see you taking the risk. They don't want you getting the chance of getting hurt or losing money. Did you have any sort of issues with negativity coming from that side? How did you deal with any sort of naysayers? With, like, you know, because unfortunately some friends can be like the crabs in the bucket. They try to pull you back in because they don't want to see somebody else succeeding. Did you have any kind of sort of knockback from anybody while you're in the initial creation stage? I'm sure, I'm sure we definitely did, but you know, you know, they, there's that uh, adage like forget the haters. It's uh, I think, I think, I don't know. I'm like looking back, and in my head, there's definitely moments where like I couldn't fall asleep because of anxiety <laughs> in this business. But um, there's also moments where it's just like I probably just blocked certain things out of my memory because it doesn't like negativity in many ways doesn't matter <laughs> you know i would literally that would that, that would literally be my answer is i'm sure that we had some pushback from friends and family that might have been like oh are you sure you want to do this but i think i blocked a lot of that out and and if i were to answer that question you know, just straight up without having to think about it. I, I would say, no, everyone was super encouraging, but yeah. I know that that wasn't the case. Um, you know, I know for a fact that, you know, our parents, you know, Kent and I, um, our parents were very supportive, but I think they were also like, you know, good parents. They were just concerned, you know, that it would work out and, you know, they didn't want us to be disappointed if we failed, et cetera. But once they knew that we were in it and we were going for it, they've been nothing but extremely supportive. And same with our friends. They, you know, they, they often message us when we get featured on, you know, a shout out from a Joe Rogan or, you know, we're on, you know, some magazine on Buzzfeed. Uh, they, they, they message us cause they're like, Hey, I just checked this out. And so, um, they, they throw it on their radar and they're very supportive about it. Um, and in the beginning it was, I think, I mean, collectively, it was it was a lot of support, a lot of encouragement. I mean, that's definitely something I love is that you, the positivity you have. You've built this great sort of collection of people working for you. You've got friends you've got who are giving you a lot of like, you know, they're really selling your story as much as the product itself. And, you know, I've never seen a sort of bad word about you. I've seen, like you're saying on your comments, there's a lot of older people, younger people, non-athletes using your sto- your products. Um, and, you know, they're really kind of giving you a lot of good feedback from it. But you mentioned there about using Reddit to sort of market, almost like for market research, for creating the community. What kind of ways did you use Reddit? Because you were big in the scene before you kind of created your product. Was it just kind of getting to chat to people and did you do any market research or did you want to create the product and then see if there was a market? How did you use social media to kind of promote and sort of market your product? Yeah, that's a, cause I think it was like, 
intrinsically market research, but we didn't approach it as market research. It was more so just like, oh, I'm part of this community. Uh, let's share this thing that like might help these people. And lo and behold, it did. So, you know, you know, people always ask like how much of business is luck. Like I would say a big, I mean, a lot of it's hard work for sure, but to be in the position to be, uh, to, to, to be able to even do hard work is very, very lucky. So it was, it just so happened that this community on Reddit um, did like this idea of stepping away from supplements and having something that's a lot more portable and a lot more lifestyle oriented. So So what was the inspiration then to take it to Shark Tank? You know, I mean, I've spoken to other people who've gone on Shark Tank before, but what did you think about that at the time? Was this, you know, how did, could you tell me about the, the process for it? How, how you created your sales pitch, the kind of the experience from it? Did you gain more from the actual act of being on the show? Like how, how did things sort of pan out for you in that? Ryan, you want to take this one? Yeah, I think, well, originally we had gotten reached, uh, some, a producer from Shark Tank reached out to us, I want to say back in like 2016. So pretty shortly after we had launched the business and we did the producer video, we did all that, but I was still working at Hulu at the time. And Hulu was, um, was a joint venture between, uh, Disney, NBC and Fox. And so any affiliate apparently was ineligible to, uh, go further in the Shark Tank process. So um, that automatically made us uh, not let. Yeah, we, we just couldn't. We just couldn't uh, go on to the next steps. And so, you know, Kent and I. I, I think at, at the beginning we were a little bit discouraged, but we just kept kept going, just kept grinding. And in 2019, um, someone reached out and they're just like, you know, you guys would you guys would do well in Shark Tank. You guys should, you know, you guys have a perfect product for it. Why don't you guys give it a shot? And we kind of told them like, you know, our history about it. And uh, it was like coming down to the last casting. So there was the casting in LA, New York, Texas, Florida, all were done. And there was the last one in July and it was out in Phoenix, Arizona. And we had like a couple days to prepare for it. So Kent and I hopped on a, on a plane. We, we, we were in Phoenix for like less than 20 hours. I think we flew in late at night. We had the casting call, which was like a 60 second casting call pretty much where we just pitched the product. And, and we were done and we flew back and, you know, we were really nervous because we had, I think it was like a 50, 60 page paper application um, that you had to submit. And then, um, Kent, do you remember when you got the call? It was maybe like two, three weeks after that. Like in July? Weeks after, but it was funny because when we were in Arizona doing the casting call, they were so like, <laughs> there, there was like zero affect in their face. So it was like, okay, did we do well or did we not do well? <laughs> you know, we yeah, as deadpan as you can be. So if you're like a judge, I mean, the person who was like our casting director was like, like the best poker face. Like you literally did not know if it was like, oh, did we nail it or did we did we bomb? Did we do really bad? Like there was no emotion at all. So can I? At, at, afterward, we were pretty frustrated because we were just like, wow, that sixty seconds, like we flew all the way out here, that seemed like we had no reaction that person seemed to not enjoy you know our pitch at all so you know we we, we thought kind of like the worst that like, we definitely didn't get it and then i think a couple of weeks later uh we got a call saying that oh you are now in the video portion so we had to do 
what was it like a 15 minute video interview application? Yeah, it was like, I, I remember I was in like Aspen too. Ugh, the whole process was like so convoluted. Yeah, it was like the legal paperwork. We, we get the phone call later. There's like the video application we had to send into so the producers see it. And then it was like us, because I was in Aspen for some like gig. And so we were like uh, recording a Zoom, recording on Zoom, us doing the pitch together and then sending that in. So, you know, I, I guess like at the end of it all, it was a major blessing in disguise that all this didn't happen when we first started the business. Because with even the questions that Shark Tank asked, like all the legal documents, all like the just whatever it is on, you know, capital equity, like the the foundational parts of raising money. We were so naive about it um, in 2016 that in this later stage, being able to go in, being able to navigate the waters of the paperwork and the videos and everything the producers wanted, and also be able to navigate the the deals the sharks were trying to give us. Um, I don't think any of that would have been, we, or at least we wouldn't have had any framework by any means to be able to handle that if it was uh, earlier on. I, I would I would say Shark Tank is probably the best way to prepare yourself for like a business pitch deck though. So the amount of the amount of preparation, the amount of like kind of internal questions that Kent and I had to ask ourselves about the business and like how we wanted to approach the business um, was like such a good exercise. So, I mean, all in all, like I think that show is so well run and the fact that they have to do casting calls all around the country, they have to, they get tens of thousands of applications. I, I can't speak to like what the exact numbers are um, since probably that's all like, um, like internal, but I mean, they get so many applications and so many different types of businesses and for them to filter it out and then um, have all these entrepreneurs uh, go on the show. Um, I mean, we're just really lucky and fortunate to be, to be able to have the opportunity to do that. And uh, it was a very nerve wracking experience. <laughs> I think it was probably the most nervous I've, I'd ever been um, in my life just because you know, if you're in a closed room with investors and, you know, you stumble upon something or you, you're you're pondering or you kind of look weird, uh, it's fine because it's in a closed room. But on Shark Tank, it was like, you know, you're potentially being seen by millions and millions of people on air. And uh, it's it's pretty nerve wracking, I would say. Well, you, you did a fantastic job. I mean, you've talked before about um, when you back in the days that you know you had slept in the car for a while, that you were sleeping on friends' couches, to go from that to you know become like millionaires in the terms of the business for creating such an amazing product, for building this you know humongous community and the diversification of your products and stuff. What has that taught you about business? What did the whole Shark Tank, well, call it episode, you know, what what has it taught you about business, about life? Did it did it strengthen your friendship? What did you learn from that experience compared to where you originally came from? Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> I think it just always goes back to perseverance, you know. And uh, what mentally is going like if if you let negativity affect you at any point, and which you know it's very hard to do, obviously. But like having that negativity affect you. Uh, and preventing yourself, like Ryan was saying, like fear, if, if you let fear overtake you, then 
you'll never even have these opportunities to begin with. But if you slowly start overcoming your fear on certain things and letting the even like a little bit of light through the cracks, that's when, you know, you could at least let something grow. So um, I think all those moments were necessary in many ways, like even all the hard parts of the business that, you know, it's that could have brought us under or um, all the stress that you had to deal with and aging way more than if we probably didn't start a business. All those things are, I think, necessary things to uh, be where we are and uh, be content. <laughs> How do you define success for the business? You know, as you're sort of learning and you're sort of building these skills, you know, you're taking on employees about, you know, how are you finding the delegation of terms of like leadership of running the various parts, you know, because you're the CEO and CFO at the moment, but how do you work on a day-to-day basis? How are you looking to diversify the products? You know, how difficult is it not just to rest on the laurels of the success you've already had? Is it just the motivation that's now pushed you to want to keep expanding and developing? Is it just that joy of finding you know, seeing where you can go and learning, you know, as much about yourselves as the business? I think in a lot of ways, we're just getting started. But in terms of how I would define success, it would just, it would be balance. So finding the balance between, you know, everybody on our team culturally enjoying the work that they're doing and being able to, you know, challenge them and help them grow in their own careers, respectively. And then for Kent and I, I think, you know, we've we've built something great as like a foundation but it's just, I, for us i think we're just getting started we're, we're trying to launch you know different products um in terms of you know a common clarity product within the gum and mint space or a multivitamin in the gum and mint space and you know we're, we're trying to take what we've learned and apply some efficiency to it but at the same time not jeopardize who we are and why we started it you know it, it, to 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 start it off, you know, Ken and I are super active and, and we wanted that balance. We wanted to continue to travel. We wanted to enjoy time with friends and family. And, and we don't want to have a business that takes away all of that. We want to be able to have balance between, you know, relationships and business and grow a company that, you know, our, our, our coworkers enjoy going into every day. And that's super key for us. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. Did you really kind of bond over playing Super Smash Brothers every day? You know, because you seem to have this amazing connection with one another. Yeah. How, how do you develop such a strong friendship? You know, what advice would you give to other people looking to go into business with friends and stuff like that? I think you have to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, Kent, I mean, Kent and I met, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So Kent and I met, I was a freshman. Kent was a sophomore. Uh, it was a, a Japanese class for bi- bilingual speakers. So Kent's family is Japanese. My, my family is Chinese, but both born and raised in Japan. And I lived in Japan for five years from 2000 to 2005. And so for us, you know, we, we went in this class. It was super small. 
and you know Ken, Ken and I sat next to each other and we just kind of hit it off and um I know it's it sounds super cliche but you know the moment I met Ken I was like oh this guy's really interesting I want to I want to get to know him better and you know we bonded over Super Smash Brothers on N64 you know we we bonded over skateboarding uh you know and then I found out he was training heavily in martial arts and and he found out I was you know um you know, a runner in my previous life. And, and we kind of just bonded over all sorts of things. And it wasn't just one common denominator, but the fact that, you know, we enjoyed each other's company and, and that might not be the case for, you know, I wouldn't start a company with, you know, <laughs> most of the people in my life, but, you know, Ken was, Ken was one of the, the hardest working people I know in my life. And so that motivated me because I tend to be a person that, you know, I, you know, I like to lay back and chill a lot of the time. And Ken, Ken's definitely that person that is a go-getter. And, and that inspires me in so yeah, many ways. Without that balance, like, one of the best things is, you know, because Ryan and I hang out all the time also. And, like, when we hang out, like, yeah, we talk about business. But most of the time, we just kind of hang out. <laughs> like, you know, I'll go over to his house and then we'll just play, like, card games and or watch a movie and, you know, like, drink and have fun with, like, our other friends. And it's... Sometimes I, cause I see other friends that have started businesses with each other and their entire friendship gets defined by the business more so than the business getting defined by their friendship. And it's, I think that balance, that's just like, so like amazing. Cause I think that's why you guys have been as, as successful as you are as well as it's not so much just the, the product, which is amazing. It's also the fact that, there's that story there. There's the bond between yourselves. You know, you're both transparent. You're both really honest, and there's that, very, you know, there's that trustworthiness between you both. But people f- fall in love with the story as much as the product. Um, but how are you finding becoming leaders, and you know, becoming the transition from the guys who were like, you know, painting murals, like you used to go snowboarding, play, you know do martial arts and stuff like that. Have you got from that um, transition through to becoming businessmen, leaders, how difficult have you found that transition? Man, that's a... That's I, a good question. <laughs> there's like moments where I'm just like, whoa. Because I... You know, there's like moments early on where I was so... Me personally, I was just so hesitant to tell people what to do. <laughs> like, because it came off of telling people what to do versus like, okay, well, let's like kind of strategize and build systems and build efficiencies here. And uh, like, we all have, you know, delegated roles and you just adopt kind of, and being able to adopt those roles, it, it was just, there was a time where it just kind of flipped. Like it was, there's so much stuff going on. And every single person in the company has had to understand like, well, we either go crazy trying to do everything or we all become right. masters of our own departments and try to move forward and, and work, uh, you know, work in parallel with each other. And right. that's, I feel like when that shift happened, that leadership shift, <laughs> you know, happened. And I think there's still way more to learn on in regards to what it means to be a good leader. But um, yeah, that there was like a distinct moment that at least for me, like a, a flip, uh, a switch flipped. 
Yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to learn it and in, in terms of managing and, and trying to be able to communicate my thoughts. Uh, that's that's like a work in progress. But I would say throughout the process, I have gotten better at kind of helping to delegate because I think, you know, in the beginning, it was Kent and I and Tyler and we we're just basically doing everything. And then, you know, now that we're hiring people who are better at what we could ever do in that specific department, it's like learning how to like let go and then have them run with it and then also just kind of chime in in terms of oh how 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 does this strategy play into the bigger you know bigger picture and um it's been pretty cool to see i I think for me the biggest part is like learning to let go and then delegate and then also see like how they can thrive and come back with ideas that you know i could have never come, come up with because uh, yeah that's actually something I, I would love to hear because that's something i was going to say was it's the hardest part is to say i don't know this or i'm not as good as somebody else at it or i could you know we could get somebody in better to do it and as guys sometimes our ego lets us kind of get locked into place thinking we have to do everything you know we can't trust other people and it's right. great that you've been able to in such a like a initial business you've been able to trust people and open up and find these people they're the right people to do these things and you've learned it now rather than down the line where you've you know some businesses have gone out friendships and organizations have crashed because they can't admit you know they can't delegate they can't be open and allow other people in um but so can you give me a little bit of advice now on you know, on Mudo, I mean, for people who are listening who are thinking, this sounds like a great product, is there anybody who this is designed for? Is this available to, like, athletes, non-athletes? Is this suitable for people in business, or is it better suited for people who are looking to, you know, maybe enhance their reaction time in the gym and stuff like that? What's your sort of market, or is it applicable to all? Yeah, I think it's totally applicable to everyone. And, you know, I will caveat that statement by saying, if you are expecting, uh, like a pre-workout that has 300 milligrams of caffeine with beta alanine in it and and taurine, and if you're expecting effects like that, our product is not for you. Our product is something that you could take throughout the day. We're giving you that extra boost, that extra mental energy to be able to tackle whatever it is versus just, you know, strapping like a jetpack on you to fly to the moon and then come crashing back down. So like, again, you know, as we're, we're saying about our own lifestyles, we want to create something that's constantly pushing us to go forth and find balance, most, most importantly, find balance, but also like push ourselves to kind of enjoy everything that we want to do. And Neurogum and Neuromints, uh, at least in our heads, was that product that, you know, felt like we needed to develop into the business it is today and and beyond. Because, Ryan, I think you said on another podcast about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've noticed a lot of very successful people have sort of talked about as being a, a trait that's helped them to that sort of level of success. You know, is that the kind of thing that the sort of the clarity gum can help with, where it can make us kind of build the resilience and mental toughness? 
you know, is this the kind of thing? Like, how would somebody use this? Um, like, the, take the mints and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, they're not going to get flagged on a drug test, for example. But, you know, how should we use this? How How is the best way of using this to start enhancing and evolving our lives? So, like, yeah, like Kent was saying, it's, it's you know, we, we wanted to create a product that was more balanced. So if it, it's, it's not like a pre-workout or, you know, a, a, a large monster with like 300 milligrams of caffeine, it's not going to punch you in the face, but it's going to give you that like nice boost, that focused feeling, um, no crash after. And I think that's been kind of our mantra in life. It's, you know, like you were saying earlier, it's just like, you know, I, I've had to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable and, um, you know, part of that was like what I went through, you know, earlier in my life. So it was 19 in 2009, I was in a really bad snowboarding accident and, you know, I was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, I spent three months in like the ICU. I spent about two years and 15 surgeries um, going through in and out of rehab. And this was like, you know, in the height, you know, during college when I was a sophomore, you know, everything seemed to be going right. And I think at that time, you know, you get placed into this, position where you're very uncomfortable, very uncertain. Um, no one really kind of has an answer and doctors kind of give you a very generic answer of like, okay, well, your life's going to be very different. Um, and here's why, but not really like, okay, what, how am I going to feel better? What, what's the timeline? What's, you know, what's on the horizon. And I think for, you know, me, it was like finding that balance of being uncomfortable, um, and then being comfortable with that. And so, you know, asking for help and being able to, you know, still try things that were, you know, different, um, or trying doing things that were the same, but, you know, just different. So like, you know, traveling again, or, um, you know, Kent and I, the idea of Neurogum really kind of sparked when we were getting our scuba certification. And that was in 2013. I didn't know I can get scuba certified after, you know, a spinal cord injury and being paralyzed. And, you know, you, to my surprise, there's so many things that I can do, and it's just different. And I think, you know, we approach the company in a way where, you know, we're, we're trying to offer something that's, that people are used to and people want like balance, but then doing it in a different way. And, and for us, that was like kind of gum and mint. So in a lot of ways, a, a lot of our personalities have been injected into the brand. And I think that's why Kent and I feel so passionate about it. And, you know, we take all this user feedback and customer feedback and, and we really, really try to, to improve it every step of the way. So what would you say to somebody who's had a similar injury or is letting something like that, you know, is it create a story that's saying to them that they can't do something like this? You know, because we've all got the kind of like a novel in us or we all have a goal or a dream and stuff like that. But a lot of people kind of, you know, can't get past this fear but you've bounced back and you've made, you both made such an amazing product. You've built this great community. What advice would you give to somebody listening who's still saying, oh, but uh, I can't do because of X, Y, Z? Because you guys have shown that you can go and achieve your dreams. You can create an amazing thing. You can create, you know, get into these markets. You can create a product that is loved throughout the world, it seems. What would you say to somebody just now who's still humming and hawing and not sure what to do? I think you you just almost answered your own question. It was like I, I can't. So I, I I would say once you get to the mentality of like, oh, I can't, I can't, and it becomes this mantra, 
that becomes a really difficult cycle to get out of. And I was, I was in that position, you know, after my injury, the first six months, you know, I was, you know, in denial thinking that this was, you know, a fluke. I was going to walk out of the hospital. The doctors are wrong, you know, and then, you know, year one passes by year two. And then, you know, I was in like the biggest depression in my life. And then thinking that, oh, these are all the things I can't do. And I think for me, it, it was a turning point when, you know, you realize that there are a lot of things that you can do and they're the things that you were able to do before are now, you know, you're doing it differently. And I think that starts with that mentality of like, oh no, I can, I just have to do it differently. And and the fact that I can is like the first, first step into getting it uh, into motion. And then you start getting into this mantra of like, instead of I can't, I can. And, you know, you start building out these relationships and you start, you know, attracting, you know, the opportunities to to place yourself in a position where you 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 might be able to start a business or you might start a new job or you might you know move to a new city that um you've always wanted to move to but you know you're afraid to just take that leap of faith so i think my just my general advice would just it's okay to to be in that like headspace of you know feeling kind of lost but eventually you know there there should be a point where you know you you got one one life to live and this is your one shot so you don't want to look back on it thinking that you know i didn't do that but i should have and i think there there's no perfect time to do anything but there's definitely a time where you know you just gotta you gotta take that chance and it'll usually always work out for the better well you've certainly built uh like a, a brand that everybody seems to love have you got any sort of like testimonials that are blown you away from people who have used your products, you know, because from what I've read, you know, there's been an amazing amount of, you know, versatile in terms of men and women, young and old, people who are competing, people who aren't competing, who use your products. But has there been any sort of testimonials that you've had that really, that's really made you smile, has sort of blown you away by what your product's done for them? Kent, do you have any? Yeah, there's a lot, but yeah. Kent, I will. Like, you know, I think the, the, the Tokyo one that you should say is like amazing. Uh, I think, you know, there's like, I remember really early on, we, I, I got this like email. It was like the customer service line. It's like, I'm a 79 year old man. I do yoga every single day. And then before my yoga session, I chew Neurogum and it gets me motivated to do yoga every single day. It was, it was something like that. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like that's a, a man. It, it that's one that definitely sticks in my head or like people who are like, Oh, you know, and we don't make any claims on like for like, you know, it working for ADHD or anything, but we do get a lot of messages that are just like, you know, I have ADHD and a lot, there's a lot of things that I hate the medication I take. There's a lot of things that don't work for me and I chew neuro and like, for some reason, I just feel like I do work a lot better. Like this is, something that's really helping my life. And when you hear stories like that, it's just amazing. Uh, I don't know. There's, there are a lot of them, but there are the few that do definitely stand out and uh, motivate you to just keep working even harder and, uh, you know, make your product better and better. So what do you want the, the evolution, you know, and what do you want the, the, you know, the development of your business and, you know, 
are you just enjoying the ride at the moment and just keep going and just seeing what your 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 customers want and creating things and finding out about that and your sort of friendship and life at the moment or have you got set plans because we're going through the COVID-19 just now which put a, you know, a large scale kind of dent in people's marketing and deployment plans what, you know, how is it affecting you as a small business? Well I say small but yeah we're definitely global, global phenomenon um I mean, thankfully, we were an e-commerce site, an e-commerce oriented business to begin with, and then went into retail. Unfortunately, the retail side of things is obviously a bit disrupted right now, but uh, we were able to very easily shift back to our e-commerce roots and um, do continue revenue growth. Uh, and to answer your first question, I, you know, it's, again, since Neuro is a company that's so built on our own lifestyles and so built in a, a way that I think Ryan and I have been like passionately, how, how do I say it? it's, it's like neuro itself is an embodiment of all the, the things that Ryan and I love and the, the culture, the community, the employees, everyone that we cultivate around it share whatever the foundational, like, like connection is to what neuro represents so you know if it's something that continues to like grow and be profitable and it's that something that could uh support our lives and our well-being then we don't see any reason to to give it up or sell it or or stop by any means and you know, on the flip side, if we do think like, okay, like this is a partner or someone's going to, whoever it is that's buying the business or acquiring the business is going to help more people get access to it, then like, hell yeah, like that's also amazing. So we're taking it a day at a time. We're continuing to just try to make Neuro the best thing it could possibly be within the realm of possibility. And uh, we're we're still picking. For people listening, what do you want them to take away from this? Is it the belief that they can go and create their product, that it is able to, you know, you don't need to have £50,000 in the bank, you don't need to know everything, you can go and, you know, the journey of it is as much fun as the destination of making money? I would say 100% the journey is is really the 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 part that you're going to enjoy the most and and we've heard this a lot from you know other entrepreneurs who are you know wildly successful and have had you know companies that have sold or you know are hundreds of millions of dollars and and the the one thing that they all say is to you know enjoy the journey because it, it goes by so fast like you know I look back on the last 5 years um really like 7 years and it's just it's kind of like gone through like a, in a blink of an eye but there's so many memories along the way that have been so enjoyable despite the ups and downs and kind of the fears of failing or you know the fear of cash flow etc but I, I would say 100 uh enjoy the journey I, that's the best part yeah if you're not passionate about it if you don't enjoy it and like in using the word enjoy i think it's like not it's not going to be a you know like a of beautiful road with like flowers, you know, laid on your path. It's, there's going to be the ups and downs, but that's what makes it so exciting. But if you're so passionate about what you're creating and you create it in the way you want to create it, then 
you're going to enjoy every second of it. Um, persevere, uh, dive in, you know, do it. Well, I think you, you both should be super proud of what you've created. I mean, to keep your friendship, to have it grown and developed, you know, and to to have gone and made a product that you wanted and to, you know, create this global empire, to create this loving community who I couldn't find anything bad to say about it. You know, it's it's amazing. It shows people what it can be achieved in life. You know, we don't have to just sit in the status quo. We can go and achieve our dreams. And that's why I find your story so inspiring. And that's why I'm so glad to have you on the show. I mean, I'd love to have you on again, really go into the sort of nitty gritty of it, really dialed down. But for people who want to find out more about you, you know, again, try the product, to find out about your social media, get in touch, you know, find out the, the, the new projects that you're coming out with. How can we keep in touch and find out more? Yeah, you can find us on our website at getneuro.com um, or Instagram at neurogum. And that's usually where uh, we give the updates. I mean, we also have our personal Instagrams where we're always like, you know, talking about neuro stuff. So you could probably find, find that uh, on, on the internet as well by just searching our name. And is there anything you want to mention? Anything, you know, the floor is open to you guys. Is there any projects coming up? Is there any kind of announcements that we should be looking out for? Or are you holding any sort of online events that people can tune into? Um, we're, we're still doing this really cool campaign and we're partnering up with Daniel Lubetsky and Kindbar, who is actually one of our guest judges on Shark Tank. Um, but we're donating a lot of product to frontline workers. So to date, um, you know, our company's donated 12,000 units of product and we're donating another 15,000 to, you know, nurses, doctors, EMT, firefighters, LA, uh, you know, police, uh, police officers, anybody who can reach out to our customer service um, and let us know um, and we'll send some free samples over to them. It's been such a pleasure to have you on and to learn about the story and how you've kind of taken that dream for a lot of people and made it a reality. And I wish you nothing but success for the future. It's amazing to see what you've done. And, you know, you're just going to go from strength to strength. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.